Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm good, Ian. How are you? Welcome to episode 10. We're talking about marketing industry trends for 2016. Now, before I go on, yeah. do you want to tell me what HubShot's about? Yeah, well, it's always good to let people know what we're covering. So we're basically a podcast for marketing managers who are using content marketing and inbound marketing, and they're either using HubSpot or considering it. And so we've got a whole bunch of tips and tricks in that regard as well. That's great, Craig. And now... You do sound like you're right here with me. It's as though we're just here together in our living room. <laughs> it is because we are. And you know what? Have, doing this has brought a whole other level of challenge for us. <laughs> challenge Just getting week. set up and we'll share a picture of it. But you know what? Trying to even get this microphone in the right place <laughs> has been very difficult. Yeah. So, but anyway, it's good to finally uh, record a podcast together. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, I think the... The key thing is here, why we've decided to do this industry trends, Mm. obviously it's coming up to the end of 2015 here, is that we've noticed on our stats that the last time we talked about trends, it actually featured really well. So being number 10, I thought it would be a great idea and I think we had a good discussion as to why we should talk more about it because we're going into a new year, people get a chance to you know, reframe and think about what they're doing for 2016. Yeah, exactly. So lots of interesting things coming up later around industry trends that experts and leaders in the field have been discussing lately and uh, some of our uh, ideas and what we're seeing in businesses as well. Yes. Now let's get started. Inbound Thought of the Week. So um, uh, what's your Inbound Thought of the Week? Have you actually got one, a thought from Inbound? Well, you know what? To be honest, I've actually gone through all my notes and I have actually done my run. So, but you know what's really interesting? I, I still get those weekly emails, which shows, you know, bold talks and other things that have happened. Yeah. And what's really interesting, it's really piqued my interest to see what is actually going on that I missed. And I'm kind of tending towards looking at stuff that I would have not necessarily gone to watch while we were there. So, yeah. you know, I think it's great. And, you know, they're, they're using that as a follow-up to keep us engaged yeah, and show us, well, you know, may, when we go in 2016, maybe we think about doing something slightly different yeah, and not just very technically or partner-focused. Yeah. What I, do you think? Yeah, look, I agree. And I've actually, I've actually liked those talks because there's some that have come through, like there's one about from Meredith Branscombe, which I'm going to um, listen to later, and it's just about another idea that I wouldn't normally – have gone to a session to hear and she's talking about the dangers of social kind of basically filtering and uh, giving you tunnel vision on things. I think that's a really interesting concept. I wouldn't have gone into it at Inbound, but now I, I am because we've got all these videos that we can go and look. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that and Inbound continues. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's very diverse and I think that just represents the community that we have. All right, so what's uh, this week's feature or tip, Craig? And I think it's a really good one, actually. Yeah, so this is our HubSpot tip of the week. This is, um, I found this really useful. So in the HubSpot knowledge base, and we'll add a link to this, they've actually got uh, a doc, it details how the sources report works within HubSpot. So, you know, when you go into the sources report and you see paid and all the various channels where they come from, I've, I've sometimes wondered, well, where do some of the paid and social paid advertising things what in, in the paid bucket right yeah right you'd think so and here's the thing some of them don't end up in the paid search bucket and this knowledge base is really good because it highlights exactly the rules that hubspot goes through when they look for 
where to put the bucket in. And so I'll give you a quick example. Yep. Like if you've got paid search and you might have in your um, tracking parameters that you put in, you might have CPC or PPC or AdWords as the source or the medium, right? That's fine. That gets put into paid search. But let's say you use something like Banner yep. or CPM, which I'm starting to do in my yes. parameters because I want to divide yep. my impression-based versus click-based thing. They actually won't end up in paid search. They actually get They actually end up in the other category in your reports. So that's useful to know because if you're seeing your reports getting muddied and wondering why they're going where they're going, then this little knowledge base will help you out. So a little tip there for that's a great tip. digging into reports. Well, I also think, you know, it's, a, it's something that can skew your results and you don't really get a picture that you were expecting to see. So I think it's really important. So I would really encourage people to have a look at it. All right. So challenge of the week, Craig. Yeah, just quickly, what was our challenge of the week? Getting this recording done. You know, it's funny, and um, we'll just go a little bit off topic here, just for a second, indulge us here, but we normally record over Skype, and that works flawlessly. It's really good. Technology's great these days, but gee, trying to record a podcast together in the same room, it's actually harder than it was. Anyway, we won't, won't dwell but on But it's that. good. You know what? And this is, a, this is another challenge that we've had to overcome, so... I've been all up for that. Okay, sounds good. But let's move on to opinion of the week. And this is where we're going to spend most of the time this episode because this is where we're looking at trends and marketing trends and industry trends. And the reason we've put this under opinion of the week is because we're going to be discussing some of the opinions that leaders in the various fields have uh, and specifically how they're looking at 2016 and the kind of trends that they're seeing develop. So what's our first one? So I think the first one is from Forbes and it's from uh, Jennifer Rooney. So it's uh, actually an article by Jim Lazinski. Is that correct? Yeah. So he's a, he's a Google guy and uh, he was interviewed um, asking what he's seeing in terms of trends in the marketplace. Yeah. So in this, Lazinski identifies the trends based on three important criteria. And should I say not three, but these important criteria. Yeah. Um, they assist CMOs in their mission of driving growth. They are trends that are now big enough to matter. They're relevant across all industries. They're relevant not just in the United States, but globally. And they're actionable. So trends CMOs shouldn't just be watching, but acting on now. So I'm just going to raise five of them. Yeah. First one is the Internet of Things. <laughs> we'll come back to that. And yeah. we'll come back to what that is. Uh, mobile first. Again, I'm a big believer of this. Hmm. Um, virtual reality. So I'll give you an example about how you could probably take advantage of that right now. Disruptive competition. And finally, the rise of ad tech. Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting article. And uh, he's basically uh, vice president at Google and yep. looking at customer solutions and things like that. Uh, but yeah, Internet of Things, I think this one's really interesting because I hear this term all the time and everyone knows that the industry is growing, but we probably should define it actually. Yeah. So, I mean, let me, I, I Google Internet of Things yes. <laughs> and the first thing that came up was to, on Wikipedia, right? So I'll give you, I'll read out yeah, what it yeah. said. The Internet of Things, or IoT, as it's also known as, is the network of physical objects or things embedded with electronics, software, sensors, and network connectivity, which enables these objects to collect and exchange data. So it's a mouthful, but I think the, the key point is they are all connected in some manner mm. and they're all collecting data. And then I think it's like, what do we do with that data? How yeah. do we communicate effectively? 
Yeah, when I think of Internet of Things, I think of everything from your Fitbit through to your fridge being yep. connected to the Internet. And as you say, that just supplies data and you can actually get access to the data easily now. Now, this is a rising trend, but I don't know why it keeps coming up in marketing the trend discussions so much because everything I read about it, and we'll include a few links, like I've been reading about, it's, it's all like it's growing, it's huge, it's going to be the next, or it's already the next big thing. Make sure in your marketing department you're aware of it. I'm kind of like, I really wish I could get a good example of someone that's actually doing this because there's no real good examples. No. That, there's a bit in health and yes. fitness, of course. Yep. There's a little bit in safety, like... Um, your car self-diagnoses if yep. it's got a fault or something tells you. But again, they're not really, I'm, I'm not sure. They're how not they, concrete examples. And especially they? if you're a B to B marketing manager, yep. I'm just not sure how this fits in. But Correct. I, the reason we've included it here is because everyone's mentioning it as a trend. And I guess I'd love to know some good examples and see how people are using it. Yeah. So it. you know what? If anybody's actually got any great examples, please do share it with us mm. on the blog. But speaking of examples, let's jump to virtual reality because this was another one. I was like, VR, yep, hello, here's another trend, buzzword kind of thing. How do B2B marketers going to use this kind of thing? But you've actually got a good example. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you this example. It's as, as you and I are Google partners and one of the things I've discovered is that one of the things that they're doing like they do Street View they can now come and do a live walkthrough of your business. So I've been encouraging people that we work with, that have showrooms, that have offices that are nice where people visit often, actually get a Google Trusted Photographer, get them to do that and put that on the map. So what happens is when someone searches for your business, mm. they can actually see inside. So great for people that have display homes, yeah, car dealerships, right, um, tile showrooms, right. just to name a few. Because again, people get an experience. So I'll tell you why I tell you this is because I have a client who is a commercial cleaning company. I I was doing redoing their website. I then paid them a visit to do a review with them. You know what? I got to their, their warehouse and I discovered like they had this really nice area that where they had all the equipment on show. Mm. They had a service area. It was really nice and clean. Right. The people were friendly. But you know what? I just thought that they were in a warehouse at the back of Sydney. Yeah, right. So my impression that I got straight away from what I thought they were to when I got there and experienced that was totally different. It was like poles apart. And so I suggested to them, why not give that experience to everybody before they even get to your front yeah, door? Yeah, set the expectations. That's all, right. It's all about perception, isn't it? Exactly. So I think that's one thing. And so we'll put a link there. So Google has a program where they've got trusted photographers globally. And you can hire them to come in and actually do that for your business. So nice. if you're wanting to be found on the map, and you want to get ahead of your competition, I'd spend that money and actually do that. Nice. That's a great example of virtuality and that whole 360-degree view. That's the other term we often see around it. Yeah, nice one. So let's talk about the other three quickly, like mobile-first disruptive competition and rise of ad tech. Mobile, I guess, that it, it's kind of like every year is the year of mobile. You know, yeah. For the last couple of years, we say, oh, what's the big trend this year? Well, it's mobile. It was last year and it will be next year again. I think, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're saying that, but I think it is definitely growing and the awareness is becoming because, again, I'll use an example, is mm. that we have people that we deal with 
who when you tell them something, the first thing they do is pull out their phone from their pocket mm. and they start searching. But mm. when you tell them the same the same thing's happening with people looking for your business, mm. they're like, no, that doesn't happen. They're all <laughs> sitting behind computers at, in offices doing stuff. Yeah. Isn't but you hard? know what? No, it's not the case because people are mobile these days. Mm. And like we are recording from your house here in Sydney, mm. we can be anywhere. I mm. could be in Boston for all I know mm. and we could still be doing this recording. Mm-hmm. And getting giving people the same experience. So yeah. think about that and how people are engaging with your content because I think that's a real key aspect. I read something really interesting today. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was a Google yeah. uh, insight. And they said you get about three or four seconds and then people are gone. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you're on top of that. So I'm just going to pull this up and it, be more specific. It said 40% of shoppers will wait no more than three seconds before abandoning a retail or travel site. Yeah, wow. So I think as time goes on, these numbers will get smaller and smaller and there'll be less tolerance for bad Mm. websites and bad usability. Yeah, so you're really talking there about having a good responsive website, a mobile-friendly website. I think that's a really good point. And uh, it's particularly the case in B2B because I think in the consumer space, companies have gotten on and they're really targeting mobile and even with apps and that as well. But in the B2B space, you still see them not talking around mobile often having sites that aren't mobile friendly and not responsive. And I guess the takeaway from this is I'm sure you've heard mobile first, mobile first, mobile first. So it's not a new concept to you. But dig into your analytics and check the trend on mobile. Also dig in if you're doing AdWords and actually do the breakdowns of how much you're spending on mobile on AdWords because often that's that's not the first thing you see. You need to dig into the breakdown you'll actually notice that your mobile clicks are going up. So there's a real demand there and it's just another reminder to B2B companies to make sure your mobile implementation is in place. Yeah, and I think and I would also say if you're afraid, work with someone that you can actually implement like a test page, for example. Mm-hmm. So I had a client who ha- has a really big site. Mm-hmm. He's probably been developing a mobile version for the last two years. Right. But, you know, we saw traffic dropping and he basically his traffic dro- traffic dropped off. Right. So he basically then went, well, look, can I get a mobile version of just even the homepage? Yeah. Get that up. So at least I've got something there. Right. And then we slowly started to see traffic pick up again. And, right. And so again, he was it... paying for AdWords. Right. So I'm going through again and doing redoing all his ads so that because we've got a separate mobile site running. Yeah, right. We're going to redo the ads so it redirects straight to that mobile site. But again, right. lost opportunity there. Yeah. Which he would have not recognized if he didn't see his traffic tanking. I think that's really good. And, you know, while everyone else is off tr- chasing internet of things and whatever that might be, Just get your mobile story right. That's like the big takeaway here. Look, two other things, disruptive competition. I don't think we'll dig into that, but this is just the idea that um, disrupt the industry that you're in. And this could just be by doing something. What Remarkable content is a good, you know, the simplest, you know, just don't do the same old, do something remarkable. We've talked about remarkable content before. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I'll talk about, we target a lot of, we, we work in a lot of the industrial manufacturing space mm-hmm. and everybody's still thinking old school. Yeah. But we're working with some companies that are actually thinking, well, what happens once all of these guys in old school de- mm. leave or depart or sell their businesses? Mm. We have the next generation that are coming along right. and the way they interact with these businesses and what they want to find out, it's going to be totally different. Yeah. So exactly right. You know, think ahead, 
Start creating the content and test it. Don't be afraid to test it. Like don't do something for a year and then say, I'm going to tell everyone about it because you might have done it for a year and somebody could have told you in episode five that I don't really like that <laughs> or you should change this. Yeah. And you could have been better and, and, and transformed and made it better. Instead, you just kind of hit it for a while and then decide to tell people about it. You know what? That comes back to growth-driven design, doesn't it? It back sure does, episode, Craig. episode one, it's just like incremental improvements. Don't wait for perfection before launching. Get it out there and then um, Yeah, iterate. I'll tell you a really good story I had this week. I had someone come to me with a website. They were not very happy with it. So this is working through a partner that we work with. And they were basically going to redesign an entire site. Mm. And I kind of went to them, there's nothing really wrong technically with the site because mm-hmm. it's responsive. It's just maybe doesn't not cohesively designed. Mm. So I said, look, let's go down that path of let's do something every month that makes this better. Mm. You know, let me let's just change the header and the footer to make it look cohesive with the site and change yeah, the homepage. Yeah, nice one. Test that out, you know, in two months do and do more changes. Oh, I looked at what where the traffic was going. Yeah. Uh, and I basically said, look, for the next three months, we're going to do X, Y, Z. We're yeah. going to work on this page. We're going to do this page next because that gets next traffic. Yeah, right. And then work on this. And they were like, oh, wow, okay. Which means, you know, because they would have gone through a six-month process of design and rebuilding yeah. when really they don't need to. Mm, no, good example. All right. Uh, the fifth one just on this first uh, article that we're linking to um, uh, from Jim Lesjinski was that rise of ad tech. And I think this is a general trend that we're always, and especially programmatic advertising. And I mean, that's fancy ways. When you boil down to it, it's just about, you know, getting your ad words correct and your, your paid advertising correct. And basically not excluding channels that can work for you. And I think retargeting is kind of the easiest way to get into this. It's really yep. about. And I think this comes down to those micro moments that mm. Google keeps talking about. Mm. And it's having the right, con- giving the right message or the right content to the right person at the right time. Mm. Because in all these little moments, people are finding information out about your service, your product, or even about your business, like how you are performing or the experiences people have had with you before. Mm. And they're just doing this throughout the day. So it's just being there at the right time. That's really the key. Cool. All right. Let's uh, move on to the second article that we uh, were going to mention in terms of trends. And this actually came out of, this is a very interesting one, came out of Microsoft and their Microsoft research team. Um, that's the birds in the background. I'm sure you can hear that in the mic. That's pretty <laughs> Uh, here, with, here in nature as we record our podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there was some good research that came out of Microsoft's research. And in particular, I really like this quote from Lily Chang when she's talking about, they were asked the question, um, 2016 will be the year that you fill in the blanks. And her um, reply was that more kids' first jobs will be virtual rather than in a physical place. Now, I thought that was really interesting. And uh, she goes on to say, over time, this will cause us to rethink the way we work and the way we design our physical cities, neighborhoods and local communities. So she's looking at the macro uh, view on society. Yeah. But where this comes back to, that whole point is like, if you're a marketing manager and and you're hiring staff and especially younger staff and interns and that kind of thing, often you'll find that they don't want to work in your office. They want to work remotely or if you're working with freelancers or you're working with an agency. This shift to working with remote people is growing. And I think it's really interesting that that quote was more kids' first jobs will be virtual rather than physical. It's like it's 
this is a definite trend. And I think as marketing managers and, in fact, even as you know, agencies and things as well, this is a trend that we need to take into account and capitalise on early. Yeah, and you know what? I think if I boil it down to the micro of this mm. is – you know, what are the tools you're using in your business? Like, mm-hmm. do they need to be sitting in your office to access them or can they just get an internet connection and run with it? Right. So, you know, tools like HubSpot, MailChimp, all of these other tools that you can start using, you know, they're all hosted. Even Google Mail, for example. Mm. So Google Apps and Google Docs and Sheets and all that. You well, know, they're a great right. way to collaborate with people and actually know what's going on. And actually be able to work from anywhere. So Yeah, I think that's right. And they're becoming the norm is the point, right? So Correct. Google Docs is no longer, oh, this fancy new collaborative tool that some people yes. use. It's like, no, that's just what everyone uses. Right? Exactly. And then so we need to embrace that. All right, um, moving on to like our, our third article that we wanted to link to. And this is from Marketing Land. And what this, they actually started, um, they actually interviewed a few analytics and data experts because data is becoming a whole part of marketing and access to data. Did you want to mention this um, quote? Yeah, so this is from Justin Cutroni, which is the author of author and analytics evangelist at Google. And he said, I think that the one thing that really excites me is the continued convergence of data. Businesses are merging more first and third party data sets to draw deeper insights about existing customers, attract new customers and ultimately increase value. Yeah. Which is really interesting because um, I guess HubSpot CRM is a very simple example of this and it mm. pulls in a lot of third party data yeah. to enrich what you've already got. So. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think this is spot on. And uh, what's interesting about this whole Marketing Land article, if you read through all the different people that they interviewed, this whole data integration piece came up many times, like it was a common theme that came through. And so this, this uh, the quote you just read out is actually um, just one that highlights it quite well. But yeah, this first and third party data sets. And you were actually telling me an interesting thing about analytics. I didn't actually know this, that you can import data into analytics and yes, use it uh, to augment your own reporting. Correct. So you can actually import um, offline data mm. into analytics accounts so you actually get that view. And Google started doing that about a year ago. Right. Um so they're again they're also trying to get that consolidated reporting and help people. They can't it's no more seen as offline and online. It's like, well, tell me about everything that you did for this campaign because you know, you might be really valid. So we've got clients that run advertising in magazines because they deal with truck drivers, right? Mm. And they're driving around. So mm. as much as they use their mobiles and look at Facebook and stuff, there's also newspapers that they love to read along the road. So again, that's a valid form of advertising in that industry. So, you know, when you're able to pull that data in and go, well, okay, we're running this campaign for six months. How did that magazine advertising do along with the online ads that we're running, the Facebook ads that we're running? And we get a whole picture of what's going on. Now, one thing you should know is, and that you looking at the data policy here. Yes is that you can't actually load anything, any personal information, anything to do with personal information into yeah. the, into your analytics account because you can lose access to your analytics account. Yeah, Google Analytics has always been firm on this. You yes. can't, it's never personally identifiable information. So that's always uh, a key with Google Analytics and, of course, AdWords fits in with that as well. They're very particular about retargeting and not personally identifying personally identifying people and yeah you're quite right and we should highlight this if you're importing your own data sets into google 
and it does include personally identifiable information, PII, you might have seen that before, you can actually lose your account, gone. So always be aware of that privacy aspect. Okay, so now looking at a little bit further at this article, mm. I actually know the author of this article, David Booth. He's great, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he was at the partner day. Yes. Yeah, he's excellent. So a big shout to Dave. Yeah, it's a nice article, Dave. So, but just more on this whole idea of data integration. So another example, uh, a good example is this whole idea of lookalike audiences. So, you know, if you're in Facebook, doing Facebook advertising, you can create audiences with your own data. Yep. You give that to Facebook and then they augment it and enrich it with their own understanding of the demographics to give yes. you a lookalike audience. So that's an example. And Google's doing that now as well. Right. In AdWords. And, and this is an yep. example of what marketing managers can take advantage of, get a bit of your data uh, enrich it with someone else's data, the third-party data, and you get a much uh, much bigger um, opportunity to capitalize on. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one thing that I want to point out is that, and I think we talk about, if we talk about personas, et cetera, in inbound land, mm. is that at the last Google Partner event, I did notice that Google started talking about that. So like, right. who are we marketing to? Yeah, Understanding who these people are, what they're about, what things they like, what don't they like, what times of the day are they up, you know? So yeah. maybe your ads need to run really late at night because these people are night owls yep. and that's when they're searching for stuff. So don't stop your ads in the night. Maybe you need to stop it in the morning. And, Understanding that. And that's a great reminder because one of the things, like we've covered some uh, experts' uh, views on marketing trends coming up, but we were going to add some of our own just based on what we're observing in our own clients' places. And the one I was going to mention a few, that they're not actually new trends. They're just trends of people actually finally embracing stuff that's been around. Now, buyer personas is a classic example. I think most people know the term now and they kind of understand the concept, but yep. very few have actually done, something done it. About it. Correct. But the trend I'm noticing is now that people are going, okay, yeah, we will actually do our buyer personas. Yep. We will actually take the time to craft them and understand who our audience is. Yeah. Sounds obvious, right? It's like, mm. well, of course we do. No, a lot of them don't. And I guess part of our job is to help guide them through that. But yeah, that point you're making, which is Google's now talking about knowing your audience because the buyer persona not only helps you craft the content that's relevant, but it's when to promote that content. AdWords at night, as you said, that's part of your buyer persona, helping you to guide the right content in the right place at the right time. Great tie-in, Craig. <laughs> we got any other trends? Any other trends? Any other observations? Uh, look, I think if I was to think about what we need to do for 2016 is that have a look at what you've done, see what's worked and look at what we've talked about and think about, well, what channels... Are, so think about what's worked mm -hmm. and how you can multiply that in 2016. Yeah. But also think about what's a new channel that I haven't tried and give that a go. And I love that example how you told one of your clients, let's try Facebook. Mm. And they weren't ready to give it a go, but you actually put the tracking pixel in. Yep. And you were able to build the audience from that. Mm. So you actually say, look, I can get this many people or I can collectively get an audience of this this size. And then maybe I can then find a similar audience of this size. Mm. You know, and it didn't really cost you. It costed some implementation time and some thought. But you know what? There's a market that you can potentially go after that you never had before. Yeah, that's right. So can I just pick up on something you said then? You said, um, look, take take a look at what's worked and do now that's a it's almost like just you just slip that in, right? Because it's such an obvious thing. I actually want to highlight that because it's such an obvious thing. Look at what worked. 
Why do we need to mention this? Because most people don't. We're so busy. We have campaigns. Okay, we get to the campaign. Next thing, pressure, pressure. We've got to get... We actually don't often look... Just take stock and look back at what's actually worked. And the reason I want to mention this as a trend is because, as we've mentioned many times on the show, this whole trend... Uh, the push for ROI trend, which we'll call it. And we've discussed how in the US they're really big on this. And as we saw from the state of inbound reports in previous episodes, this whole measuring ROI is really important. And so this is a trend that I'm starting to see locally where actually my clients are looking and we're actually taking the time to work out what the ROI is. And that's it, it's all about you just saying, yeah, look at what worked. Yeah, and another interesting thing it. I think is also when you understand, look, when we talk about, when we're talking to people about even conversion, right? Mm. So what is the average conversion rate? Yeah. And our goal is well, let's try and beat that conversion rate because even that 1% can double the amount of leads coming into a business. So it's 1% doesn't seem like much. But when you're talking about, you know, going from 100 to 200 leads, that's a lot of, lot more, a lot more business. Continual incremental improvement. That's right. All right, Craig. Oh, look, we've got one more trend. And I'll, I'll just say, brace yourself for the content marketing is dead trend. It's already, <laughs> it's already started. All these blog posts about content marketing is dead. Inbound marketing is dead. You know, I come from an SEO background. Yeah. Was SEO is dead. Always. That's right, yes. So there's the, la- there's the, latest, <laughs> the last trend to end with the content marketing is dead trend. All right. Um, this week's uh, state of inbound item and resource, this is a combined, is marketing statistics. And there's an interesting post on HubSpot about this, which we'll share. Yeah. So we normally talk about the state of inbound report. We're actually just going to point you to a nice marketing stats link. And I'll, I'll give you one. Um, let me ask you this. From paid search in the average click-through rate in, well, this was actually in 2010 worldwide. What, what's the average click-through rate? I would have said one. Right. One percent. Yes. Yeah. And the answer is two percent. So whenever you're talking with, you know, if you're a marketing manager and you're talking with your general manager or the CA, it's like, what's the average click through rate of paid search on? You can say, well, it's two percent. That's pretty pretty much an industry average globally. So if we're getting three percent, you know, we're we're ahead ahead. of the game. So there's tons of stats like that. And uh, we'll include a link to that as well. Yeah. and, And again, that page has been set up really well. But HubSpot, where you would actually tweet each of those um, stats. Yeah. Well, I, I would just grab them. It's, uh, impress your boss. Just impress pull, your boss. <laughs> pull, pull out a stat. You've got the marketing <laughs> meeting this week with your boss. Pull out a stat and go, yeah, you know what? This is. This and you is can tweet stats all week too. <laughs> tweet stats all right. Okay. So look, we're going to finish up shortly. But given that we've been talking about trends and what's happening in marketing and this whole idea of now's a good opportunity to revisit and you know prepare for next year we've got a good resource to finish out the show don't we yeah so i actually dug this out and i came across this earlier in the year it's the content marketing plan which hubspot did and we'll point you to that blog post so have a read it gives a bit of background about why it's important but also you can download a template and basically fill it out and use that as a guide for the rest of the year and what you want to do for the new year. So I'd really encourage people to do that and stick to a plan. So I know um, I have a friend who's an accountant and he says, you know, doing your budget is really important. You know, if you don't know how much it's going to cost you or where you're going or how much money you need. And I think the same is with your content. Like if you, because I've found this year when I've said, look, I'm going to create, you know, four pieces of content a week. And I've actually 
tried to stick to that. Mm-hmm. It actually works really well. And even with clients, you know, if, if we're not doing enough, then I can go, well, why isn't it working? Because my goal was to do one a week. Oh, maybe I need to do two or three a week to get a result because your industry might be highly competitive. So just understanding that and being able to measure it and have a goal actually gets me going. And I think that's the biggest thing because I I think us as business owners and even people who do marketing for ourselves, we can be caught up with other stuff, right? So if we don't have a goal to go, well, let's create something or let's, our goal is to create three pieces of content this week. We'll go and do other things. And I'm pretty sure every other person that listens to this will probably do exactly the same thing. Have that goal and stick to it and find someone you can be accountable to. So just like we have each other and we're not in each other's businesses, you know, I still have the ability to go, well, Craig, can you check up and make sure that I've done this? Next week. Accountability. I Accountability. like it. Yeah. So look, I think if you don't have a plan, you're probably doomed to not succeed. Fail. Fail. Right. But uh, if you do have a plan, well, good on you because lots of people have a plan. But the leaders, and we saw this from the trends around ROI and uh, proving your worth, the leaders are always tweaking their plan, revisiting their plan, reviewing it and preparing it for the next year. I think check your plan every month and see how you're going. So... I'll tell you with one of our clients, you know, after like the first two months, the plan wasn't really working. Okay. Because I figured out it's in a, it's a, in a competitive space. So I went, well, okay, we need to create more content. Okay. Right. So we went from doing pretty much one a week to three a week. And we, and I spoke about this earlier. It's about, okay, well, I'll still continue building the one unique piece of content. But let me find what they're saying on domain, on real estate. And let me read that and like give an opinion about it. Mm. And you know what? We're this client is almost generating a lead a day just out of that one thing that we've been doing. Nice, nice. So it's great. It makes me happy, makes them happy. But you know what? It just took us that monthly review to realize, oh, this is not working and not be afraid to actually change something and be proactive about it. Like, us as business owners and hub partners and advisors, you know, we don't get it right. And again, like I say to everyone, you know, test and try it out. Don't be afraid to fail because at least we know it doesn't work and we'd never have to go, oh, what if I actually did that? You know, so change your what if into a, I tried it, it didn't work. As long as there's more successes than failures in the end, you've done well and you're ahead of the game. Yeah. All right. I like it. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, trends and industry uh, trends and where things are headed. Have you enjoyed it? uh, It's been good to catch up finally in person, Ian. Yes, Craig. Have a great week. All right, mate. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.